News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. On the Mark is powered by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area at 221 North 36th Street, Quincy. Faith, family, and giving back. That's Cunis Country. And now, here's Mark Hespin. Good Saturday morning, Tri-States, and wherever you may be listening on the News Talk 1070 KHMO app. This is On the Mark. I am Mark Hesper. Thank you so much for making us a part of your morning. We would not be here without Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith, family, giving back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. And uh, tell them Mark sent you. This is episode 102 of On the Mark. It is a jam-packed football show. Uh, before we get started, though, I do want to make a mention that uh, uh, we uh, I feel very lucky to be here this morning to be getting to do what I love on a day, especially today, a Patriots Day in America, as we honor the uh, lives lost on the 20th anniversary of the terrorist attack 9-11 on our country. And um, it's been a, a long week. You see all the ABC News, the, the NBC News program, CBS doing those uh, week leading up shows, and you're you're just brought back to those memories of where you were on that day. Uh, I'll never forget being a, uh, um, not a 10 years old at home, sick. I, I stayed home sick from school that day. It was one of those days where I probably was faking it. I sat there on my couch with my mom all day watching the TV, and you could understand, even though I'm 10 years old, I I could feel that this was something that was life-changing, and it was something that my mom and and, and seeing the emotions that she was going through was watching it on our big box Sanyo TV back before flat screens, and uh, uh, we certainly remember on this day 20 years ago. A lot to get to, uh, but just a little preview of what we got on the show, obviously, We'll be talking about the rough day for the Cowboys, Dawson, that's for sure. And, uh, you, uh, you know, uh, not only that, but I think there's one thing that we really learned from that Thursday night game, and I'll tell you that. But then we'll do a full week one breakdown, go through all the games, give you my thoughts. Lock of the week is back. Upset of the week is back. Toss-up of the week is back, the game that I'm not touching, and I'll give you the reasons why. Uh, some interesting thoughts on some college football storylines, uh, some big games today, the Big 12 expanding. So it's all football, all football, all day that it all, all all hour long uh before i jump into hespin headline number one shout out to a, a couple uh winners last night uh, monroe city locally uh 48 8 win over south shelby palmyra the panthers got the 40 21 win over macon hannibal 56 points they put up in the wind uh, uh over fort zumwalt and then uh a, a win for a QND over Marceline. And the only local school that, uh, didn't, that had a little bit of a rough day was QHS. The Blue Devils fell 48-35 to Moline. All right, let's get to it. Hespin headline number one. Hespin's headlines on the mark. There's only one thing that I know for sure that I learned from Thursday night football. And that is... That the Tampa Bay Bucks are once again for real. A hundred percent a Super Bowl contender. That we know. 
And how do we know this? I, I think it's it's so obvious We when we, we get back to watching football. It takes our brains that second to kind of wipe the, the cowwebs away and get those football brains activated again as fans and as people who love the sport and watch the sport, bet the sport. But you have to remember, if you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, oh, man, Tampa, oh, they're not going to be that good this year. They almost got beat by the Cowboys. That's the wrong take on this. It's the, it's just the wrong take, and I'll explain. And, it, and it's the same way if you're sitting there as a Dallas Cowboys fan saying, hey, wait, wait a minute, we feel pretty good. We almost uh, we almost beat the Cowboys. We almost beat the, the, the Super Bowl champs, the Bucks. Maybe the Cowboys are going to be, you know, division winners, 13-win games. That's the wrong thought on this as well. There's only one way to think of this, and it's that the Tampa Bay Bucks are legit. They are contenders. Only teams that have the capability of winning the Super Bowl win that game Thursday night. They were at home. They were uh, they were dominated in the turnover battle. Dallas won the turnover battle four to one. Dallas had more first downs, six more first downs than Tampa Bay. They had more yards. They had nine minutes more of possession over Tampa while also having won the turnover battle by a huge margin. Even if you eliminate the Brady interception at the end of the first half on the Hail Mary, they still won the turnover battle 3-1, to 4-1 to one if you include the interception, plus the nine minutes of possession. Three less penalties than Tampa, and Dallas had 50 yards less in penalties than Tampa. And Tampa still won. Tampa still won against a talented Cowboys team. Defense looked shaky, but that offense is just loaded with talent on Dallas. And Tampa still won. That is what makes the difference between a Super Bowl team and a just a good team or an average team. A good team, an average team, the Cowboys, they lose that game. That's what an average team does. An average team wins time of possession wins the yardage battle, wins the first down battle, wins the turnover battle, and loses. That's an average team. A Super Bowl team can get dominated in the turnovers, can get dominated in time of possession. They can uh, they, they can uh, uh, lose the yardage battle. They can have more penalties for 50 more yards. And all they need is their guy with the ball, 30 seconds left. That's a Super Bowl team. That's the one thing I know I learned from that game. I know I learned that. I learned that once again, I know, I know you say, Mark, that's stupid, that's stupid. We should have already known that Tampa's going to be a Super Bowl contender. But we, you just never know. A team hasn't repeated in winning the Super Bowl since Brady and the Patriots back in the early 2000s. It's been over 17 years since that happened. I now fully believe after this one game, now it does scare me the depth of the corner position now for Tampa. A lot of injuries and uh, gruesome elbow injury uh, to the one starting corner. I'll, I'll just say this. When you watch that game, Dallas got every opportunity to win that game. I mean, Tampa was going to run away with it even with all these things going against them. And then you had the Godwin fumble, and, and it and 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 it was a gift to Dallas to get right back into that game, make it competitive, make it close, 
And if you're a Cowboys fan sitting there thinking to yourself this week, oh, man, hey, we feel pretty good. Look at us puffing our chests out. We almost beat the Super Bowl champs. I, I wouldn't feel that way if I was a Cowboys fan. If I was a Cowboys fan on Friday morning and, and this morning, I'd be still pissed. I'd be, I'd be so angry. You gave away a win. You cannot give away wins in the NFL. You just can't. If you win the turnover battle, if you win the time of possession by nine minutes, if you win the penalty game with all those things and the yardage, and your guy, your quarterback, who the, that was a real concern, a real worry about his health. He goes for 400 yards and looks great. Yeah, all that happens. You cannot lose that game. You can't lose that game. And feel good about your team. Dallas should feel good about being 9 and 8, 10 and 7, 8 and 9. They're, they're the same Dallas team because they can only win one way. They can only win one way, the Cowboys, and that is in shootouts. That is Dak doing that, only the other quarterback on the opposite side isn't Tom Brady. That That's the way Dallas wins. And when you look at Dallas' schedule, they can win some games like that. That's why I predicted Dallas to be about 9-8 and eight and sneak in as a wild card in the NFC. Because they can do that. If Dallas plays that way, they'll beat the Eagles in two weeks. They'll beat the Panthers in week four. They'll beat the Giants in week five. They have a chance to beat the Vikings in week six, week seven. Because of those, because of, of, of the Vikings just can't score with Dallas in that way. If the, if the Vikings, you know. So Dallas is going to win some games. They can outscore the Falcons in a shootout. Outscore the Raiders in a shootout. The Giants again. The Eagles, again, to wrap up the season. But the, the Dallas is not going to beat teams like the Chargers, like the Patriots, like the Chiefs, probably the Saints, depending on where they are at that set of the season with a really good defense to so Washington two times. You're just not going to score that way against those teams. And if you can't find other ways to win, uh, Dallas is in real trouble. But they're exactly what I expected. I didn't learn anything from Dallas. I learned... Cement, yeah. The, the, the Tampa, if 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 this Tampa team shows up like this every week, then they and they still are winning games. Like if you're if you're Tampa and you're losing the turnover battle, losing the yards, losing all those things, the penalties, and you're still winning games, that's a Super Bowl team because you're battling through adversity. You're not even playing your full potential. And I know that Tom Brady and Bruce Arians are just re, we're just reaming it in to their team in the locker room. Like, yeah, we won, but come on. If we if we cut down on the turnovers and no fumbles, uh, the penalties, 11 penalties for a, over 106 yards of penalties, you take that in half, turnovers in half, Tampa Bay runs away with that game. They run away with that game. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we got a comment here for our radio listeners, uh, uh, Tyler Dawson on our, on our uh, Facebook Live. I agree. The chinks in the armor, for sure. And it, and it, to me, it once again shows that, yes, Tampa can be beat. I mean, we know Tampa's not invincible. I didn't predict Tampa to go 17-0 and because you're going to have games like this. But the penalties, I mean, there's things that they if, – if they played even a, a 20% cleaner game, you know, 20% less penalties, 20% less turnovers, they, they cover that nine-point spread against Dallas. 
So that's what I learned from that. I'll also say this. I mean, I obviously thoughts on Dak. I, I, I mean, Dak was Dak. He looked exactly the same Dak as I saw the first four games of last year before he got injured. Massive yards, accurate when he needs to be. I don't love his deep ball arm strength. His mobility seems like it's less of a weapon. That's concerning because young Dak, 13-3, and three, rookie Dak, first two, three years of the league, seemed like, man, he was more Russell Wilson mobile. I didn't necessarily feel that way today, but Dak is exactly what you want Dak to be. He is your 10th to 13th best quarterback in the league. There's nothing about Dak that is extraordinarily special except for the intangibles, the leadership, what he says at the podium, how he prepares mentally, and that can win you a ton of games. Because he's because even if Kirk Cousins had all the stuff that Dak does in the intangibles, Dak still has more physical ability than a Kirk Cousins by a, a, a decent little amount, and that's what separates him from those guys. That's why I've always said Dak is the leader of that second group. Give me the guys with an absurd talent, a Justin Herbert arm, and extreme mobility. Josh Allen, extraordinary athleticism. Russell Wilson, incredible deep ball accuracy, IQ, and mobility. Dak's always going to be a step behind those guys, in my opinion. But he looked good, especially with all the injury concerns. I don't love that Dallas had him throw 60 times. That made no sense. Especially when you were in the game, and I get it, Vita Vea was a monster and just destroying Dallas's O line, but I think you gotta find a way to get the running game more involved. And I think for Tampa as well. That that just felt like one of those games where both offenses, no one wanted to settle in. For some reason it felt like they neither team wanted to, you know, let the game get to ten points or more, where I felt like both teams, because they're so explosive offensively, that's not a concern. Both of these teams are what I like to call three-play drive teams. You can score in three plays, Tampa and Dallas. If you can score in three plays, you can make the playoffs. That's a playoff team, three-play drive, guys. In, in this modern NFL with this offense, with the way offense is, is ruled against defense. But I think both of them will do themselves massive disservices if they don't get the run game going. And, and again, we do have to remind ourselves, again, think outside of the vacuum of one game. September football is so different from November and December football. And this year, because the extra game, January football. So rack up the yards now, play this style of offense now, but you're going to be playing games in Chicago and in Cleveland and in New England and in Green Bay, Seattle in the rain in November. You're going to have to run the ball more. So all those teams will adjust. Running is always... It takes time to develop the run game in the modern NFL. Uh, so there you go. That's my thoughts. The biggest takeaway is the Bucks. The Bucks are for real. They're a, they're a real Super Bowl contender. Once again, already established that out of one week. If you can be behind in all of those key categories that 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 literally correlate to winning, and you still win, then you're for real. And if you win all those categories, Dallas, and you lose, then you're average. Only the problem is in the new 17-team schedule, it can't be 8-8. Eight eight. So you got to be 9-8 and eight, or you got to be 8-9. and nine. I think they're going to be 9-8, but they're average. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. When we come back, let's start previewing week one. I will give you my lock of the week, my upset of the week, and my toss-up. And if you're new to the show, that means I don't want to touch it. 
I'll give you why I don't want to touch it, but I don't want to touch it. That's on the way. On the Mark News Talk 1070, KHMO and the KHMO app. Cunis Honda is the use. I've heard it said, he's a diamond in the rough. Or maybe, diamonds are forever. Here's something else I've learned about diamonds. They're just pieces of coal put under pressure for a long, long, long time. So when I start feeling like I want to give up, I think about that little piece of coal. And if that piece of coal can make something of itself by not giving up, so can I. Persistence is in you. From PassItOn.com. KHMO and the free KHMO mobile app. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. On the Mark is brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. You got to ask them about their complimentary lifetime powertrain warranty and their no fear warranty on used vehicles as well. Uh, they're the only ones in the business doing it. Uh, they have a completely full lot. I was just talking with the, the Hyundai sales manager yesterday, uh, Levi Billman. He was telling me on my morning show that uh, they just ordered over 30 brand new Hyundais in. Everyone else, you can see the barren lots of new inventory, not at Cunis Honda Hyundai. Uh, they are uh, they are uh, incredibly, incredibly well stocked. And if you're looking in the vehicle for a new or used vehicle, check them on out. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith, family giving back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. All right. Week one preview. It's Hespin headline number two. Hespin's headlines on the mark. Okay, let's get into it. As we go through the games, uh, when we approach a lock, an upset, or a toss-up game, I will throw it in there. Uh, but otherwise, this is where I'll go through the games, kind of look at the lines to a little bit, just give you some thoughts, uh, but predict some winners. So let's jump into it. Uh, let's start with a game that I do feel strongly about, the Eagles at the Falcons tomorrow. Falcons favored by three and a half, the over under 48. Uh, I wouldn't really touch the three and a half. I, I might, uh, sprinkle a little something on the over under. I think this is a, uh, two teams with not great defenses and offenses that have explosive pieces. I love the Falcons in this game though. Uh, again, two new head coaches, but when you're predicting games, especially before you've seen teams play, go with what you do think you know. And I know that Matt Ryan is a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts. I know that Matt Ryan is motivated to have a very good season, and I have no idea at all what I'm getting from the Eagles and Nick Sirianni and that offense. I know Matt Ryan's been taking first-team snaps all preseason. He knows Riley Ridley. He knows his guys. Uh, you know, he got his new rookie tight end, Pitts. Uh, I like the Falcons in this game to beat the Eagles. Bills hosting the Steelers. The line is six and a half for Buffalo. I might actually take Pittsburgh to cover that. I think this game's going to be closer than it, than you think, but I think it's going to be one of those games where Pittsburgh makes it a little closer or makes it look a little bit better late in the game. I think the Buffalo Bills are legit. You know this. I picked them uh, to have 14 wins, be the two seed in the AFC. I think they get one of their 14 here. Over under 48, I actually think that's about right. I don't think it's going to be as high scoring as you necessarily think. The Bills' defense has improved. T.J. Watt's going to be there wanting to prove that contract for the Steelers. Steelers' defense is not as good as it was last year. Certainly don't expect the Steelers to start 11-0. You know, I am high on the Steelers, though. I do have them making the playoffs over the Browns. I do think this game is going to be a little bit closer than you think at the end, but Buffalo is in full control throughout the game. I think Josh Allen has a big game and starts a possible MVP campaign. I'll take the Bills over the Steelers. And we run into my first lock upset or toss up. Bengals hosting the Vikings. The Vikings are favored by three in Cincinnati over under 47. I like the over. 
I like the Bengals to not only cover, I like the Bengals to win outright. This is my upset of the week. There's not a great upset of the week as far as when I do an upset, also if you're new to the show, I actually pick not just that they cover the spread. I pick, no, no, they outright win. And I do think the Bengals, if I'm going to pick an upset this week, they're the one that I'm, I'm keying on. I don't like what I've heard out of Vikings camp so far. Uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, these are the type of games he does win when it's like just a noon game that nobody's caring about. I think there's going to be a lot of emotion, though, in Cincinnati. Joe Burrow's back. He's starting. People are down on Jamar Chase with his ball comments and not being able to, to – having trouble with some drops. And it's rumor he was saying that harder to catch the NFL ball because it doesn't have the white stripes. I think the Bengals are going to come out very motivated. People are sleeping on the Bengals. I think this is one of those easy ones where people just look at it and they go, oh, Vikings over the Bengals. Yeah, Bengals stink. Not so fast, as Swami would say. I like the Bengals in an upset. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase put up some points on a Vikings defense that I don't know what kind of shape they're going to be in the start of the year. They were very bad last year. Mike Zimmer on the hot seat a little bit. I think the the, the heat gets turned up even earlier uh, this season. And I, to be honest, I just think Joe Burrow's special. And I think Joe Burrow coming on out is going to have a, just a big game. Want to like reanoint himself like, hello, NFL world. Forget about me. Number one pick last year. So I'll take the Bengals in the upset over the Vikings. 49ers at Lions. I do think the 49ers win this game. Uh, I think Jimmy G has a lot to prove. I think it's in, it's in, uh, Detroit. I don't think that really matters for the Niners traveling to Detroit. But the line is eight and a half. That's disrespectful. I am co- I am all in on the uh, the Lions covering this. I actually think the Lions could be within a field goal. This could be one of those games where you're kind of watching it on another screen, or you see the score bug go down, and like midway through the third, you're like, wait a minute, the Lions are up twenty four twenty one on San Francisco, and then San Francisco gets maybe a touchdown late to win the game. Uh, I just again, I know what, what did I say when we started picking games. When you're picking games of the first game of the season, you haven't seen anything yet. You got to kind of go with what you know. I know what I'm going to kind of get from Kyle Shanahan's offense. I have no idea, really, what I'm getting uh, from Dan Campbell uh, and uh, this uh, this Lions offense and 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 defense. Frankly, uh, I do love Anthony Lynn as the as the offensive coordinator for the uh, Lions. I am high on Jared Goff. I think the Lions cover this game, but I'll take the Niners to win it. Cardinals at Titans. Titans are favored by three. The over under 53 and a half. I would take the over and I think the uh, Titans win. I love the Titans in this game. People are down on the Titans. I know, I know they've lost uh, 12 of, of their starters from last year. They don't have their offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith, the mastermind behind the Derrick Henry uh, running game the past two seasons. He's now the head coach in Atlanta, but not... Just not so fast. I, I have a strong feeling that Ryan Tannehill having A.J. Brown and, and Julio Jones is going to be deadly this year. And offensively, the Cardinals are better defensively. But on the road in Tennessee, it's going to be hot, uh, possibly 90-degree temperatures at game time on a noon kickoff in Tennessee. I think it's going to be one of those things where a lot of points, Cardinals going to want to score, flex it out. I, I think this could be high-scoring. 33-29-28 type of win for the Titans over the Cardinals. Colts hosting Seattle. Love Seattle in this game. You know I'm high in Seattle. They're my one seed in the NFC. 
I have them winning 13 games. I think they get one of them here. Again, I know what I get from Seattle. I get an MVP candidate, Russell Wilson. I get what I believe very firmly is the third best quarterback in the league in Russell Wilson. I get um, a, a DK Metcalf. I know what I get from Seattle. I get a happy Jamal Adams. They got Brown, the contract done with the Colts. I love Frank Reich. I love that defense. Offensively, though, no idea. Seems like there may be rushing Carson Wentz back if he's healthy. He wouldn't start if he wasn't cleared from that foot injury. But how many snaps did he really get with this Colts offense? I just think this is one of those games. uh, The over-under is 49. I'm actually going to take the over on this. I think it's one of those games that kind of gets out of hand because the Seahawks have no idea what to expect from the Colts offense. And I do think the Colts defense, as good as it is, that's a lot to deal with Seattle's offense. And Russell Wilson, as we know from last year, he starts early in the season and goes early. Uh, so I like Seattle in this game over the Colts. Um, Washington hosting the Chargers. This line is at one, minus one. So Washington's favored, but basically just a point because Washington's at home. I actually like the football team to win in this game. I think this game could get ugly, like muddy down up. Two very good defenses. Dawson Hall, I'll respond to your comments in the uh, my Facebook Live comments. Dawson, I'll get to you during the commercial break. Um, I, I like Washington's defense a lot, and I like the Chargers' defensive a lot. I think this is one of those games where I don't exactly know what to expect from a Fitzmagic, but it's early in the season. I do expect a lot of great things out of Justin Herbert. If the Chargers win, it wouldn't shock me. This was almost my toss-up, but... I do feel strongly about Washington winning this division. And I think if Washington wins this division, they're winning games like this at home. And it's really tough for a Chargers team, a young Chargers team, a whole new coaching staff to go all the way from L.A. to Washington week one uh, for that noon kickoff. So I I think that leads in Washington's favor as well. Jets, Panthers. I love the Panthers in this game. It's minus four, over under 45 I, I, it's such a low over under 45. I mean, you're, you're talking 24, 23, and that hits the over. I, I just, I think the Panthers are going to score. So I, I hate the Jets defense, and I do like the Panthers offense, and I'm very excited to see what Matt Rule and Sam Darnold do. I just, I, I know I'm not going to touch this game betting wise, uh, as far as over under. I might take the Panthers minus four. Because I do think they win this game pretty handily. I have no idea what we're going to get from the Jets. I'm very excited to watch this game. Noon, kickoff, CBS. Try and find it somewhere on the red zone or keep an eye on it. Because uh, watching Zach Wilson, again, we have no idea. And then uh, and a, a revenge game for Sam Darnold against his former team. Real fun one to keep our eye on. I'll take the Panthers over the Jets. Texans hosting the Jags. No idea. Z- zero idea. Almost was my toss-up, um, but I think there's a better game for the toss-up. I'll take the Jags because I like Trevor Lawrence, and I and I have no idea what I'm going to get from Houston. Uh, they're, they're, that, I don't think either of these two teams are going to win a ton of games, as you know, but I really do think that the Texans could be a complete mess, like an embarrassing mess. I'll take the Jags. If I was going to bet it, I'd actually bet the over on this game. It's over under 54. Um, I think this Jacks defense not good. Texans defense we know is not good. Um, so Jacks because I like Trevor Lawrence. I, I think he's uh, I think he's special, and I'm excited to watch him play. 
Browns and Chiefs. Here is my lock of the week. I love the Chiefs in this game. Love, 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 love the Chiefs. They're at home. I don't really want to touch the line. And my lock would be just betting the money line to win. They're favored by five and a half. I think it could be closer than that. Again, late. The Browns get a late touchdown to make it look like it was closer. Maybe they get within five. Uh, so I don't really want to touch that line. But I love the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs were, you have to remember, the last time we saw the Chiefs, they were embarrassed. They were offensively embarrassed in the Super Bowl. And I think the Chiefs, that has sat poorly in their mouths all off season. You saw how they responded after they won the Super Bowl and they came out guns a-blazing. I think a, a, a Chiefs team has been very quiet this offseason. Have, you haven't heard many storylines. I think a motivated, frustrated, uh, maybe ticked off Chiefs team to go out there and just put up a bunch of points. Browns defense has improved. Miles Garrett is legit, but I like the Chiefs' offensive line. I think they're going to score a, a bunch of points. The over-under is high at 54. Uh, I, I just don't know what I would do with that. It's going to be hot in Kansas City, 90 possibly degrees on Sunday. I think the Chiefs torch up the Browns uh, and win uh, pretty easily. Love that is a, is a lock of the week. Next, we get to my toss-up of the week, Dolphins-Patriots. No idea. It's in New England. And they have Bill Belichick, so that makes me lean towards New England. New England's favored by three. The over-under is so low, 43 and a half. Uh, But again, I just don't know. I just, I'm not high on Tua. As you'll hear next segment, I I, I don't know what to really make of Mac Jones yet. I can't wait to watch this game and the mid-afternoon kickoff on CBS. I'm not betting it. I'm staying away. If you had to make me choose, because I do like to be on record, I'll take the Patriots winning. But I don't feel good about that at all. I just don't. It's my it's my stay away. My, it's my Grinch. I wouldn't touch you with a ten foot pole game. Uh, Saints hosting the Packers. I the Packers. It's outside in Jacksonville, and the Saints have been displaced. They've been in Dallas, having to deal with the remnants of Hurricane Ida. I think they come out emotional. Wouldn't shock me if at the end of one you see this game like, wow, the Saints are you know. 14 to 3 on, on the Packers? What, what's going on there? They'll get it going. Packers will roll. I, I trust the Packers to win this game. I don't love either of the lines. Green Bay 3.5 over under 49. Uh, I think Green Bay, if you're going to bet one of those, I, I feel comfortable taking Green Bay to win by more than, you know, more than four. Uh, at that point in time, late, I think Green Bay pulls away, especially. Uh, but I, I, I think it's, it was almost my other lock of the week. I think Green Bay over the Saints outdoors in Jacksville. The Aaron Rodgers revenge tour begins. Broncos, Giants. Don't love either this West Coast team traveling to the East Coast. I actually will take though the, the Broncos in this game. I know what I get from them defensively. I'm not high in the Giants this year. I think that the Broncos defense is going to cause some fits for Daniel Jones. I just don't know yet what that offense for the Giants will look like. Don't feel great about it, but I'll take the Broncos over the Giants. Sunday night football, uh, Bears at Rams. Line is 7.5, over under 46. I actually like the Bears to cover, but I think it's going to be fairly low scoring. Everyone's waiting for Matt Stafford to light the world on fire. you got to remember, though, this is a very good Bears defense. And a healthy Bears defense. Robert Quinn against one of his old teams. You have, who's motivated after a, a down first season with the Bears. Khalil Mack 
loves to perform in primetime early in the season, little nicked up. Uh, Akeem Hicks will be there healthy. Roquan Smith. Uh, I like Alec Ogletree again against his own team. Eddie Jackson's a ball hawk. This Bears defense knows Matt Stafford as well, too. That can't be understated. I think the Rams win. I'm, I'm not going to be a homer here. Uh, I will bet the Bears to win because I always bet the Bears to win. That's how I lose a lot of money gambling during the year because I just can't not bet my Bears. But taking Bears fat, hand them off, uh, hat, fandom off, I do like, um, I, I do like, uh, the, the, the Rams to win. I agree. No, no MT hurts for sure. Uh, I will say this. I will say this. No Eddie Goldman, it looks like for the Bears. That stinks. No Danny Trevathan for the Bears. That stinks. But the Bears are deep at linebacker. And, uh, I, I, I am very excited to watch Matt Stafford with the Rams. I do think the Rams win. I do think Andy Dalton looks Bad. I don't think he'll look good against this Rams defense. The Bears offensive line is a huge question mark. And with an immobile Andy Dalton with not a strong arm to really challenge defenses deep. I think it's a David Montgomery game. I think you're going to see Matt Nagy kind of commit to David Montgomery. Try to make this game move quickly. Give his defense as much rest as they can. Uh, and that's what I would do if I was the Bears. And uh, I do think the Rams win, though. I don't think they cover. I think the Bears cover. I think it's closer than anything because I think it's just low scoring. 24-17, I could see that. That covers the 7.5. Monday Night Football, Ravens at the Raiders. Love the Ravens. Love it. Overs 50.5, I might take it. That's a, that's a huge over. But these are two just offensive teams. Uh, the Ravens' defense is good. Uh, I don't know how elite they're going to be. Can't wait to watch that week one. The Raiders' defense is terrible. And I know the Ravens are dealing with all of this drama with the running backs, but now all of a sudden you have Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Freedom, Freeman, Latavius Murray. Uh, all of a sudden now you're just kind of like, well, no, wait a minute. They're, they're, they, these guys, they're just, and they don't care about like hell. Like they're just going to run these guys now and get whatever they can out of them. And these are professional running backs. Latavius Murray's got to be the guy guy. I think he's got the most left in the tank and I think he fits their, uh, their, Offensive scheme, the most just a north-south runner. Uh, Freeman is like that as well. Change of pace, especially catching the ball. Love the Ravens in this game, and I might just dabble on the over depending on how much I win this weekend going into Monday Night Football. All right, that's week one preview. You listen on the mark on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. When we come back, I got an interesting college football NFL story. Uh, fans of some teams and quarterbacks I'm, I want to take a look at. And then uh, we will uh, wrap up with a lot of college football talk to end the show. Live and local on a Saturday in America's hometown, News Talk 1070 KHMO. It's on the mark. Take us anywhere. Hometown News Talk 1070 KHMO and the free KHMO mobile app for your smartphone. What does the sound of a school bell bring to mind? Homeroom? Lunchtime? The day's end? Or the end of school entirely, as in kids dropping out? At Communities in Schools, we work directly inside schools to help those students whose ability to come to school is often jeopardized by hardships, the loss of a loved one, poverty, lack of housing, or bullying. Hear from a few students whose lives we have touched. They've always had my back. They've always done anything to help me. At Communities in Schools, we empower students to succeed in and out of the classroom. They've been there for when I've had any questions, any 
any problems personally, anytime I needed support, they were there. Our mission is to ensure that at-risk kids have someone by their side. It means a lot to be a graduate. It's just a big accomplishment. Communities and schools never gave up on me. They told me I can do it, and I did it. Communities in schools. We're in schools to help kids stay in school. See how we help all students succeed at communitiesinschools.org. A stroke can be easy to detect. A loved one can't speak. Perhaps they can't move. But there's another sign of a stroke that many of us can't see. It's called spatial neglect, and it can occur during or after a stroke, causing distorted visual movements. Fortunately, there's a solution by using optical prism technology during rehabilitation. If you or a loved one have experienced a stroke, ask your doctor about spatial neglect. Spatial neglect. See the whole picture at KesslerFoundation.org. Every day, someone home today with daytime highs approaching 92. Winds out of the southwest, 8 to 15 miles per hour. Mainly clear skies and quiet tonight. Lows dip down to about 72. High of 94 tomorrow. Mainly sunny skies and calm. Low 90s Monday, upper 80s Tuesday, with a chance for scattered rain showers. Right now, 72. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. They have over 3,000 new and used vehicles to choose from. Their network of dealers is so impressive. Again, I've told the story on the show many, many times. When I was buying my uh, vehicle, my truck from Cunisan Hyundai, I found it online at their Monmouth store. I was like, well, too bad. I guess I can't have it. They're like, no, no, no. We'll have it for you down here tomorrow to test drive. Bada bing, bada boom. In and out of the dealership in like under an hour. It, it, it just was incredible. Uh, take my word for it. Tell them Mark sent you. Cunis Honda Hyundai, Faith Family Giving Back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. All right. I, I have a wild, wild just thing I want to put out there. Is it possible that Bryce Young, the Alabama quarterback who went for 344 yards, four TDs, and their win over Miami, is bad news for the New England Patriots this year. He had the best debut of any Alabama quarterback, besting Mac Jones's 300 yards and three touchdowns. Is that, am I crazy to think that Patriots fans might have a little bit of uneasiness going into tomorrow after seeing what Bryce Young did last week against Miami? Just putting it out there. If Alabama's that much of a system, and now we see Tua struggling, no one's high on Tua right now, Jalen Hurts, I mean, we're, we're excited about the, the kind of ceiling that Jalen Hurts has, but we're all, you know, understanding that second round pick, for a reason, he's, he's a project, a little bit of a project, undersized. And now Mac Jones, Look, good at practice, good when Bill can control everything, and that Patriots system can control everything. And I and I, I guess you could make the argument that going from the system in Alabama to the system in New England, that's going to be the biggest benefit for Mac Jones. I, 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 I can't argue that. But it just gives me pause. When you watch Bryce Young come on out there and just dominate – New bunch of five-star receivers, five-star offensive linemen, five-star running backs. And then Mac Jones did the same thing after Tua. It's just one of those things. gives you a little pause. And if you are a fan of the Patriots, maybe you're sleeping a little uneasy tonight 
going into tomorrow night, tomorrow's big debut for Mac Jones. And I feel the same way then if you are a Jaguars fan, you should be sleeping even you should have a hard time sleeping night because you're more excited about seeing Trevor Lawrence after watching Clemson only score three points against Georgia and DJ Ungalele struggle. 178 yards on 30 attempts and an interception. Like, you know what I'm saying? Trevor Lawrence, if you had put Trevor Lawrence had stayed in school and he had started against Georgia, Clemson would have won that game. They would have scored more than three points and they would have won that game. Because Trevor Lawrence is that good. So it's kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. Clemson's offensive struggles now with a bunch of five-star guys, five-star offensive linemen, five-star tight end, five-star wide receivers, a five-star quarterback. Struggling against a Georgia defense that that a guy like Trevor Lawrence, we've seen him light up five-star guys on defense before from teams like Georgia and Alabama, Ohio State. That should make you more excited as Jackson going, oh, man, maybe our guy is really that special. Then as the Patriots fan, you've got to sit there and go, crap, do we, do we really just get a guy who's part of a system that everyone in Alabama looks good and now look at them in the in the NFL? Jalen Hurts, eh. Tua, eh. And Mac Jones. The, the, the positives that Mac Jones has going for him is he's part of the system. Just something to think about. All right, final commercial break. When we come back, I have thoughts on the Big 12 expansion and then the three games I'm looking forward to watching in college football today. It's on the mark. News Talk 1070 KHMO. Cunis Honda is the used car. I'm Marion Platt. Welcome to Heartbeat. Dissonance is a musical term that indicates a lack of harmony. Cognitive dissonance is having disharmony in our thoughts. This can happen when we experience a contrast between who we think we are and what we do. You think you're a kind person, then you do something unkind. This internal struggle is real and something we all experience. We're all a work in progress, and now, empowered by the Holy Spirit, we can continue to be more and more like Christ, finding harmony in who He says we are and who we act like we are. Heartbeat is brought to you by the Salvation Army. Hi, I'm Vivica Fox. For more than 100 years, American Humane has been rescuing animals during hurricanes, floods, and wildfires. But Mother Nature isn't the only danger animals face. Sometimes it's human nature. Every year, six million animals are abandoned and more than a million are euthanized. You can be a hero to animals in need of rescue and adoption at AmericanHumane.com. Hometown News Talk 1070 KHMO. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Uh, to wrap up the show here, we want to uh, m- once again uh, take this opportunity uh, to thank our sponsor, Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Uh, they wouldn't be a sponsor of the show if I didn't trust them. This is On the Mark. My name is on the show. I am in the Cunis family, and I'm telling you, if you're in the market for a new used vehicle, uh Go over to Cunis Honda, Honda Hyundai, give them a chance, cunisquincy.com, tell them Mark sent you. And I also just want to, once again, uh, we started the show with this, kind of end the show with this. Uh, on this day, 20th anniversary of this, uh, the terrorist attacks on our country of 9-11, take an opportunity to say, never forget, we'll always remember 
uh, the lives lost that day and what happened to our country. And uh, 20 years, it, just incredible. Still remember being 10 years old on the couch with mom, staying homesick from uh, from school that day, seeing the world changing, and at 10 years old, understanding that this was big and this was uh, this was um, something that was going to be affecting our lives for a long time, still is to this day. Uh, to wrap up the show, I want to say Big 12, obviously we know they're losing Texas and Oklahoma. They're two big boys. So they're going for the Big 12. They've been the Big Ten basically for a while, 10 teams. Now they're the Big Eight. But then they just announced yesterday they're signing four teams to get back to the Big 12. And I think this is a great move by the Big 12. They lock up BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF. What this does for the Big 12 is gets them back to Big 12. They can keep that name, keep the prestige of the conference. I think the smartest thing the Big 12 should then do immediately is institute a conference championship game, split them up, get some divisions going like the Big 10 did, like the SEC does, like the Pac-12 does. Get yourself a conference championship game. And then all of a sudden now the Big 12 is filled with all of the teams we think about when we think about like, man, they are if they have the right type of season, they could go all the way. You know what I mean? They have those teams that you say to yourself a Baylor, a a Cincinnati, now a BYU last year. Uh, they an Iowa State. That if man, if they run the table, I don't know if they're a Power Five conference with the names they have and the recruiting they have, but they are literally a collection for the most part of then the eight schools within a couple other the Jayhawks stink. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. But they're like those like eight schools where you're like, wait a minute. If they get hot, they're better than all the other conferences for sure. It's kind of like the Power Four and then the 1A, Big 12, and then everyone else. I think it's an interesting move for them. I think they definitely, definitely need to – they definitely, definitely need to get themselves a conference championship game. That will help them with relevancy. But I do love that the Big 12 expanded. They made a bold move. Eventually, this could still change. They could get absorbed. They could, you know. But for right now, this was the right thing for the Big Twelve to do, and uh, and I and I think they found the four right teams to do it with. Get some East Coast exposure. Stay in Texas with Houston. Go on a little West Coast with BYU. I think it makes a ton of sense. All right, and then uh, I do want to say, and then use they're in Florida with UCF. I, I mean, love it, love it, love it, love it. Finally, what I'm watching for today, three big games. Keep your eye on the world of college football. Obviously, in a matter of an hour from now, we will get number three, Ohio State, versus number 12, Oregon. This is going to be the game to watch. I like Ohio State in this game. What you saw in the second half of Ohio State versus Minnesota was that Ohio State just got those dudes. Now, let it be known, Oregon has been recruiting like a man-man. They are not the Oregon of Mark Helfridge at this point in time. This is a different Oregon team. I expect it to be closer. I think it's going to be high scoring. The over-under 64, that makes sense. I think this is going to be uh, – I, I think the line is terrible, though. Ohio State is forward by 14. I think this is a seven-point game. I think it's going to be a, a fast-paced, fun game. It's in Ohio State. That's what gives them, uh, I think, a, an edge as well. But Oregon's going to hang tough. And uh, if Oregon upsets them, all of a sudden Oregon is in the driver's seat to a college football playoff. If Oregon upsets Ohio State in Ohio State and then runs the table, they're in. So this is huge for Oregon. If Ohio State loses close and it's something wonky, Ohio State could still get in, uh, depending on what Oregon does. But Oregon 
if they win at Ohio State and then run the table, you can pencil them in, sharpie them in. They're in the college football playoff. Um, the other games in number nine, uh, number 10, Iowa at number nine, Iowa State. Huge game for both programs. The, this is, again, if either of these teams win this game, whoever wins this game, and then they win th- you know, out, they have a right to say they could be in the, in the uh, college football playoff as well. I like Iowa State in this game mainly because I just don't like Iowa. Never been an Iowa guy. Uh, Cyclones. Big 12, they could use it. Big publicity for the Big 12 to maybe challenge with Oklahoma and Texas for these final years of the Big 12. And then a, a sleeper game late – 1-0 BYU versus ranked 21th-ranked 1-0 Utah. In-state, late game, BYU feeling the bump of just getting into the Big 12. This is a Pac-12, Big 12 matchup. Now, all of a sudden, you kind of got to think about that as big, the BYU's independent. If BYU is able to pull the upset, this looks, again, that looks great for the Big 12. And great momentum. I, I like Utah in this game. But I think this could be a fun, high-scoring game late to keep your eye on uh, in the late game if you're looking for something uh, tonight, late game. Uh, that's going to do it for me. Enjoy it. Cannot wait to be back with you next week. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of Andy Dalton tweets. Follow me on Twitter, at Mark Hespin. Enjoy this weekend of college and NFL football. Stay safe, and we'll see you next week on The Mark. News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Vaccines are not enough.